Hello, everyone. Welcome to Preach the Word podcast. I'm Ashton McDonald, and I'm your host. I have a very special episode today. I have a sermon that was shared by Reverend Shamgar Dethridge on October 26th of 2022. The scripture reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 15 and verse 11. The sermon is titled, Don't Miss Him. I would like to say that we here at Landmark Holiness Church were honored to have the Dethridge family with us in service. We greatly enjoyed the singing and the wonderful preaching, and I know that you will enjoy and be encouraged by the sermon as you listen to Reverend Dethridge as he shares the burden of his heart about Don't Miss Him. Thank you for listening. Luke chapter 15, verse 11, the Bible said in a certain, and he said a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. Not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent, the, spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be at want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would fain fill his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Verse 21, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they began to be merry. And now the elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother has come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gave me a kid that I, might make, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. And it was meet that we should be that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Hallelujah. I I, want to preach out of these portions of scriptures for just a few moments here tonight on don't miss him. Don't miss him. Lift your hands. Ask God to help us one more time. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. God, we ask, Lord, that you move one more time here tonight. Lord, that you know if it set my soul. Blades on fire, fuel, God, that I might boldly proclaim your word of truth. God, give me the words to say. If you ever helped a man preach, Lord, help me here tonight. Lord, I need your help. Lord, and most of all, anoint these altars. In Jesus' mighty and wonderful name we pray. And the church said, 
Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Uh, here we come, and we, we know this portion well. In fact, this is probably a, a very well-preached portion of Scripture. And, and I, I, I feel like there's a couple things. I, I'm not saying I come up with these by no means, but these are just some things I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. I want to pull out of here tonight. Uh, but I, I remember growing up there in, in school, I hated English. Uh, you know, some people liked it, some people liked this subject, some people liked that. But I do know this, whether I liked anything or not, I hated English. But it seems like that stuck with me the most. I don't show, but praise God. Hey, there's a lot of things that did stick with me. But I remember there in English and literature and word building, I remember they, they, they tried to teach us how to write a story. Now Jesus in chapter 15, now I'm not here to say Jesus was making up a story. I do believe Jesus was telling the truth here. He said a parable, but he is writing a good story. And can I tell you this here tonight? God wants to write a good story in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, whether or not there was truth to whether there was a father, a prodigal son, and an elder son, we do know this. And Jesus was saying, oh, that this story is like and that you might know that God wants to do something good in your life. Oh, but I remember that growing up they tried to teach us how to write a good story oh, and so if the Lord would help me I feel like Jesus is the best story writer so we'll just dig out what he's I put here but I remember the one thing that stuck with me there they said if you're going to write a good story you've got to have a few key things uh, you've got to have a plot a storyline you've got to have characters you've got to of course have a beginning and you've got to have an end and you've got to have somewhere along the line have a climax where everything points to that the end points to it and the beginning points to it that there's a climax oh but there's one thing you could not have a story or a good story a boring story I'm talking about they're trying to teach you how to write a story that somebody would want to read oh a good story something interesting a story with, with life and joy and peace and, and power and strength and, and all those things there's one thing you could not miss. You had to have the main character for a good story. Oh, and you know what Jesus did here tonight? Oh, that he wrote a good story but he had a main character. Oh, now it wasn't the, the prodigal son, neither was it the elder son. It wasn't the far country. Now I want us to understand, I'm not taken away from what God did in the prodigal son life. We, we don't want to do that but we must understand the prodigal son is not the main character in this story. Aren't you glad for that here tonight? Aren't you glad that I am not the main character in your story? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that not just Alabama is just the part of your story? Oh, but Jesus is always the main part of the story. Oh, the Jews always marvel. How the Jews nowadays, they marvel how we always look at the prodigal son. And they say, you know what? The point of the story it was never really the prodigal son. He was always the father. I want us to understand here tonight that we ought not to miss the father in the story. Hallelujah. Oh, to write a good story, you've got to have a main character. Some 
stories are terrible. They leave you hopeless. They leave you with no peace and no joy and depression. You ever met somebody like that? That was their story. Oh, they came to the end of their life with nothing to show for it. Oh, Charles, Charles Darwin, the man that had claimed uh, evolution or whatever all that mess was, he died a very miserable oh, and depressed death. And the nurse that was around his bedside, she said, I never want to be oh, at the bedside of another atheist. It was terrible. Oh, but what are you saying? Their story didn't include the main character of the whole story. Don't you know that throughout the Bible, there is one thing oh, that is the same, and that's the Father. Hallelujah. In the beginning, God. Hallelujah. The Bible said, oh, now I'm not one to say all three were there, but when I say God, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, they were there. In the beginning, God said, let us. In the beginning, the Spirit moved. Oh, they were the main character. Oh, you see the, the uh, writers and other people have said, when you read the Old Testament, you see a scarlet thread. But when you read the New Testament, you see oh, that it wasn't just a scarlet thread that just held it together, but that it all pointed to Jesus. It all pointed to the Father. Oh, but not just simply the Father, but what the Father did. Oh, you see, we understand always had a main character. Oh, but that story was always pointing back to the father. Oh, the certain man, the father, had two sons. Oh, you see, if we're not careful, you know what we'll do in life? Is we'll begin to focus on things that ought not to be focused on. Uh, we'll try to focus on things that aren't the main character. We begin to focus on money. We begin to focus on possessions. And nothing wrong with having those in your story. Praise God, you got plenty of money to eat tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God you're blessed. And you probably drove to church with air conditioner heat. Praise God the church building's got air conditioning heat. I'm glad for it. But that was never to be the focal point of the story. Oh, and if we're not careful oh, in life, we don't always focus on the bad things. For one man said this, so often we write our blessings in sand and we write the things that are done wrong to us in granite. Oh, you seen it. Oh, we so easily forget the good things God did bring our way and we start focusing on the things that go wrong in our life. You see, you know how we, we gravitate to the prodigal son? It's because in our nature we can't help it. It's we can, we can relate to the prodigal son. We can relate to being in the far country without the father. We can relate to being empty. We can relate to being depressed. We can relate to being maybe not in a physical pigsty, but we can relate to being in a spiritual pigsty. I, what are you saying is, is we come to church but in our heart and in our mind we're depressed. We're joyless. We don't have hope. We don't have freedom. Are you here to throw us? No, what I'm here to tell you is, is I know why we gravitate to the prodigal son. But Jesus' intention was never oh, to look at how oh, there was a famine in the land. You know why? His intention was everybody to know that even in a famine the father still had enough. Hallelujah. The prodigal son said that even in a famine, my father's servants have more. Can I tell you this? You ought not to look out at Washington or the economy or even the gas pump. Can I tell you this? Your father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And if he's got to kill one for you, he'll 
do it. He said that it's never seen the righteous forsaken or is seen out begging for bread. He said he'd supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Can I tell you, your father up in heaven has enough for you tonight. Oh, it was never the famine. It was the Father had enough. I can tell you this. I don't know what you come to church with tonight. Oh, but even in a famine, God's got more than you can handle. The Bible said that God prepared for him. Or the psalmist wrote it. He prepared for me a table before my enemies. Oh, can I tell you this? You know what God's doing here tonight? It's he's making a table for you. Ah, hallelujah. Aren't you glad God's got enough for you tonight? Oh, don't miss that. Don't miss that the Father's got enough. Oh, hallelujah. I, I've been there. I remember one time I was struggling with something. Oh, and God was saying, you give this. I said, God, if I do that, I'm not going to have much left in the bank. He said, I put it there to begin with. What makes you think I can't do it again? And can I tell you this? He proved himself right. Because can I tell you this? God always proves himself right. Hallelujah. Why don't you just prove God yourself? Why don't you just give it to God? Why don't you trust God? I to you this, you know, I pay my tithe. It's not just because I, I want to go to heaven and I don't want to go to hell because I don't pay my tithe. It's but because I believe that my father's got enough, and if I'll do what he says, everything will be all right. God's got enough. Uh, and you know what else we find in this story we, we focus to where the prodigal son goes uh, but can I tell you this that wasn't the focal point the place where he went the focal point was is when the prodigal son came back the father was still in the same place he was when he left can I tell you this the same God uh, that saved you he's still at the same place he ain't never left you he said he'd never leave you nor forsake you I like what your pastor said he don't have to leave there to come here. He's already here. The psalmist said, if I go down to the bottom of the ocean, you're already there. He said, if I go to the and make my bed in hell, you're already there. Can I tell you this? Your father never changes position. He's still right there where you found him. You know what that tells me? If I found him once, I can find him again. When I was sick, I found him. So what that tells me is when I'm sick again, I can find him again. I found him when I needed to put money in my pocketbook. You know what that tells me? I can find him again. Haven't you found him here tonight? Can I tell you if you found him once you can find him again? He ain't changed. He ain't left. He's right. Right where you left him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He ain't bound to a physical place. We know that. Oh, but that place we left him in our heart. Oh, hallelujah. One writer said this. He said, trouble never proves that God is far from us. Trouble always proves how close God is. Oh, Sister Kaylee there, Brother Boyd's daughter, was testifying one time. She said she was in her room. And I don't know the full extent, but she was battling some things. And she was down. And she was listening to a song. And she says, I went and listened to that song again. She said, I've never heard that part ever again. But she said, while I was in there, oh, I don't 
remember the psalm, but something had to do with the whisper of God. On she said, God, somebody spoke. She said, I've never heard that part in that song ever again. She said, I went back, try to find it. But somebody spoke. I believe it was God. Said, you know why I can whisper? Because I'm just that close. Hallelujah. And I tell you this, the Father, He's still right there. Oh, He's still right there. If you'll draw nigh unto God, He will draw nigh unto you. It's a promise. And I do believe this, that little children's song. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, and every line. Hallelujah. I still believe my God is where I found Him. I knew there was a God. I knew my great-grandparents found Him. I knew my parents found Him. Oh, but I can tell you this. I know I found Him for myself. Oh, aren't you glad you found God here tonight? Oh, aren't you lift your hand? Thank Him for being near unto you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The Bible said that His ear is not stopped up. He can't hear you. Nor is His arm short that He can't reach you. I'm paraphrasing. Oh, you know, that's what He said. He said He's right there. He's right there. Oh, when Peter began to sink, Jesus was right there. I'm glad that even when I may move, God is still always right there. Oh, I read today the writer was saying and talking about the love of God. And he said Paul was convinced. And wasn't Paul? Paul said that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not death, not life, not anything. Nothing. Why? Because God's right there. Oh, can I tell you, don't miss that part of the story. He ain't moved. He's right there. Oh, the Father had enough. We know that the Father is right there. And can I tell you this? The Bible says this there in that uh, Luke when Jesus is preaching. And the Bible said that when the, the prodigal made up his mind, he was going back. The Bible said the Father was looking. Hallelujah. And I tell you this here tonight. The Father knew where he was at. Maybe not in the story that man knew where he was at. But can I tell you this? Our Heavenly Father knows exactly where we are at. And He's looking for us to come to Him. Can I tell you this? And the Bible said that God is looking for somebody to show Himself mightily through. God is looking for you. He's waiting for you to walk down and bring it to Him. Oh, I can tell you this. Why don't you just give it to God? I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're battling. But give it to God. God's looking. He knows right where you're at. Oh, one brother in my dad's church, he testified. He said one month, or it was a week, one week, he said he paid all his bills. Oh, doing right. You know, paying his time, doing, giving the missions. He wasn't spending his money on frivolous things. But they said, I made what I made and I paid all my bills. He said, nothing was left over. And he said, I got a bill in the mail or a couple hundred dollars. He said, I didn't have it. He said, I didn't know what to do. He said, but I went and I brought it to God. Oh, he said later on he got a check in the mail for that exact amount. And the check was dated before he got the bill. Hallelujah. Why? Because God saw ahead in time. Can I tell you this? He looked ahead in time and he saw what you have need of and he already paid the price. I said he already paid the price. 
Oh, the Father's got enough and all that, but He already paid for what you have need of. Ah, can I tell you this? I like that part where the prodigal son, he said he's got enough to spare. Oh, but the Father told a little bit more to the story. He said, I got a fatted calf that's been waiting for you. I said, I got more than just bread. Just the bare minimum to get you by. And I tell you this, it ought not to be that Christians are some of the most depressed and downhearted people. Say, well, we're just the world and and the church and and every, oh, but can I tell you this, God's got a fatted calf of revival for you that you can partake of if you'll just come back and get it. Hallelujah. Are you saying I ain't saved? No. But I'm here to tell you, God's got revival for your heart. Oh, you don't have to leave this place without it. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Don't miss that part. Don't miss that part. And all we know, all the father saw him and he had compassion. Before the prodigal son ever repented and told him he was sorry, the father already had compassion. The father was already compelled by his compassion. Can I tell you this? God has already been compelled by his love and his compassion towards us. He's already proven that he gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. He loved you enough. Hallelujah. The Bible said that while we were yet sinners that he loved us. Hallelujah. Before I ever repented, he made sure that there was enough love and compassion for me. The father was already compelled by compassion. Oh, his boy was dirty uh, from the muck and the mire of life. Oh, but he came running, had compassion, and he hugged him and he kissed him. And I tell you this, God don't care uh, what's going on out there. He's still got compassion. I know you say, preach, I've been going to church all my life. That's good. But remember this part. And you tell them people out there that God, I'm not one of the people that just preaches love, 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 love. And don't get me wrong, we need to preach God's love. But I've seen some people, they just preach God's love and that overrides how you live. And I tell you, we, we, we all know that here tonight. But can I tell you this? We ought to tell a lost in a dying world though that God hated sin so much, but He loved us so much that He sent His Son to die for you and I. That you don't have to go to hell for your sins if you just accept what he's got for you. The father came a running. I believe that's what Jesus did. Maybe not in the physical, but I can tell you this. When he died on that cross and they were nailing his hands to that cross and that tells me it's God was running towards us. He wasn't doing the minuscule. He wasn't doing the bare minimal. But that the God, oh Jesus, the Son of God, he laid down his life when he didn't have to. Oh, he showed his love towards us. Oh, he was running to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, aren't you glad that the Father came a-running to where you were at? I never want to forget that in my story that He came a-running. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The other night we were in prayer meeting and somebody let uh, Brother Boyd's little granddaughter in. She don't know no better, but somebody let her in the back door and she saw Brother Boyd. She couldn't help it. She just said, Papa! Papa! We all trying to pray in there, but he kind of chuckled. And he was like, I'm sorry, I... And I 
want to tell him, oh, don't worry about it. She can't help it. Oh, she sees who she loves. Can I tell you, that's how we ought to be when we come to church. Then, you know, God came running, but I want to come running too. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to grab Father. I want to tell him I love him. I want to let the world know I love him. Oh, hallelujah. I want him to be the main character of my life. I want him to be the main point of my life. Hallelujah. Oh, can I tell you this? He don't miss him. He ought to be the focal point of your story. A few years ago, my dad and a brother that just got saved in the church, and he got saved from, from rough things. They were in AutoZone getting apart for the church bus. And, and somebody was, was saying things they ought not to behind the counter. And they let out the Lord's name in vain. But Brother Dan, he just couldn't help it. He said, yes, that's my Savior and I love Him. Hallelujah. Oh, you know what? Nobody else was cussing the name of the Lord that day in that auto zone. Oh, everybody was somber. He didn't rebuke him. He just went to say, you know what? You called out the name of who I love. Oh, that's how we ought to be. Oh, that we ought to love the name of the Lord. We ought to love God. He ought to be the focal point of our story. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to miss him. I don't want to miss him here and now. I don't want him. Oh, because I can tell you this. When he comes back, I don't want him to miss me. Hallelujah. Oh, because I do believe he's coming back here tonight, church. I believe that he's coming back. Oh, just like he said. I don't want to miss him, but I don't want him to miss me either. Oh, that I believe that when I see him well done, I'll hear him say, Oh, because I didn't miss him. He was my main character, my story. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you're standing here tonight, as my wife comes, hallelujah, I don't want to miss him. I don't, I don't know what you're facing here tonight. Oh, one writer said this. He said, David, when he faced Goliath, he never was focusing on Goliath. He was focused on God. Oh, he said, I, I, I'm not worried about Goliath. It wasn't all that he was somehow, oh, and he had pride and was just, I can do it on my own. But he was saying, I know God. Hallelujah. His main character of the story was God, the Father. And when he walked out there, the giant could say what he will oh, but David knew David knew who was on his side oh here tonight I don't want you to forget who's on your side here tonight don't miss the God that you serve don't miss that he's got enough don't miss you know right where he's at don't miss that he's got more than you need hallelujah Hallelujah. I don't know where you've been, church. I don't know what you're facing, but can I tell you this? The Father's right where you found Him from the first time. Oh, He's got more than enough. It don't matter who's in Washington. Can I tell you this? How we serve the God. Oh, the Bible calls Him the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. That means anybody in the world can name somebody Lord, but there's always one person. Oh, that is the Lord of everybody that's in charge in this world and that's our father hallelujah that's our father don't miss him don't miss him can I tell you this as you go through life you make up your mind he's going to be the main character of my story 
Oh, and everything I do and everywhere I go, I'm not going to focus on what goes on around me. I'm going to focus on God. I'm not going to focus on Washington vote. I'm all for your voting. But can I tell you this? When you come to church, make sure you're voting for Jesus. Oh, when you, that's when you're lifting your hands. And when you're praising God, you're voting for Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you're saying, He's my main character. Come what may will. I serve a God who's greater. Oh, hell or high water, we serve a God who's greater and don't miss that. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, why don't we come? Let's gather in around these altars. Oh, let's seek that main character here tonight. Hallelujah.